Good morning, Harbor City Church. So glad that you are allowing us into your homes today, and I'm excited to uh, bring you this message. Uh, We started a new series last week uh, called The Good Fight, and today is part two in our series. In a moment, we'll be turning to, uh, in our Bibles, to 1 Timothy 6, over to Psalms 112, and then several uh, verses in the book of Acts this morning. I think there are notes out there for you that you can access on your screen as well, or maybe uh, whoever you're with will run notes off for you. But let's lift up our Bibles, smartphones, iPads, whatever you have your Bible on, and let's make our prayer declaration together. Say this with me. This is my Bible, God's holy word. This book is alive and it's powerful. I read other books, but this is the only book that reads me. There are many opinions, but this is the only opinion that counts. Today, I declare by faith, I can do all it says I can do. I can be all it says I can be, and I can have all it says I can have. Today, I ask the Lord Jesus, the living word, to take his written word and personalize it for my life so I can leave here changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, this week, one of the phrases I've heard all week long is, let the church be the church. So I ask myself, what does that mean, the church be the church? And I think it can mean a lot of things. But let me say this first. To be the church is to be in a spiritual fight, and to win a fight, you have to first show up. In 1 Timothy 6, 12, it says, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. When we become Christians, we enter into a spiritual fight, whether we know it or not. It's a fight of faith, and it's a good fight. And the reason it's good is because of our Savior, Jesus, with whom we fight with and for. His presence in us gives us uh, uh, the power to fight through everything our enemy throws at us. In Hebrews 12, at the end of the chapter, it talks, tells believers that everything will be shaken that, that is in you and so that the temporal will be shaken off of you so the eternal can remain. And so we're believing that in these days, what's being shaken, that all of you will come through with great faith that will remain in your lives. Listen to this, these two verses in Psalm 112, verses 6 through 8. This is in, in the NIV. It says this, Surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. They will have no fear of bad news. How I many you know that's good news right there? Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Their hearts are secure, and they will have no fear. In other words, they'll be full of faith, faith because of that. And in the end, they will look in triumph on their, on their foes. So, folks, what we need to remember today, no matter where you're at, nothing catches God off guard. Nothing surprises him. And no matter what, we win because we're on his side. A.W. Tozer made this quote, a scared world needs a fearless church. So the world needs to see how our God is empowering a modern-day church that is full of faith no matter what comes at it. Last week, uh, we met for our last time corporately for a while because we had a mandate of 250 or less. So in two services 
we were able to meet that mandate. And I'm so glad we did. Many churches didn't do it, but I'm glad we finally, or we had one last corporate gathering together. This week on Monday, we were asked to meet with no more than 50 in a group. And by Tuesday, it went down to 10. And so uh, all bars and all restaurants were closed with only drive throughs open. And now today, we are learning the church is not a building. The church is people no matter where they meet. And I'm learning in this fight, the church Jesus is building is very unconventional. So let me give you a definition for the word unconventional. Unconventional means this, not conforming to what uh, has generally been done or believed. It means to think outside the box. In other words, desperate times call for desperate measures and changing times call for an unconventional church, which brings us to our new unconventional plan, which we are calling Harbor City's Church at Home. Services uh, through April 5th, meeting at our regular times on Sundays, which you're at, one of these, at 845 or 1030. Uh, So don't come to the church building, because if you do, you can't get in. No one will be here. But if you go to our website, and, uh, or if you have the Harbor City Church app on your phone, you can have access to our services and to our staff. Our website and our phone app is your best source for everything we're doing and uh, to connect to all of our ministries. As you watch, we really want to hear from you and let us know uh, that you're there with us. So we want to know your thoughts. We want to know your prayer requests and anything else that we can help you with. You may be feeling like we're not together, but we're still together in this thing. Also, if you're in a small group, let your city uh, group leaders know your prayer requests and needs as well. We are here to still hear your needs and serve you. You can also go to YouTube, type in Harbor City Church, or our Facebook page uh, will direct you to YouTube as well. I would love it if we could meet at Easter, uh, but we are planning that church will probably continue online so we will keep communicating at least a few times a week through email on ccb and uh, at least one video message uh, per week to let you know the latest you will be hearing this week from your city group leaders uh, to let you know your uh, the future of your group and if any meetings will continue to take place or if they are suspended for this time there's a strong probability that things, when things go back to normal, it will be the new normal. I thought of 9-11 uh, and our normal way of air travel before 9-11. You could walk into the airport, just go right. You have no checkpoints. You went right straight up to the, to the area where you checked in, and then you boarded the plane, and you were right off to your gate. And uh, that's, that's all changed. It, back then, we had such a sense of security and unaware of all the things that were going on. Then things changed from 9-11, and we now have security and all those kind of things, and, and now it's become a, a normal way of life. It doesn't mean that, that uh, things are worse. It just means that things are different, and that will be the same way when we come back to church if we, as we meet corporately. Hopefully, we're never going to go back to life being the same. We are going to learn to... Uh, just embrace each other, need each other, love each other. And I'm glad, in spite of it, that there's no sporting events to distract any of us 
I know you've got your normal TV shows, but here's the thing. We need one another. So no matter what the future looks like, there are some things we will never stop doing as a church. You need to know this. We will never stop worshiping together. We will never stop preaching Jesus. We will never stop giving and serving. We will never stop gathering as the body of Christ, even if it is a a, a virtual gathering for a few days, weeks, or months. We will never stop baptizing people in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. If you need to get baptized, sign up on our website. We'll get you in the air and have a small group around you and family and get you baptized. We will never stop reaching beyond ourselves into other cities, states, and nations. Throughout history, the church has learned to adapt and thrive even through the darkest of times. Right now, you need to know this. In Iran, the church is growing in Christianity at a faster rate than any time in their recorded history. It is estimated that right now in Iran, which is Islamic, uh, there are over 500,000 Christ followers. In fact, some reporters say up to 1 million secret believers that are willing to lay down their lives for their faith, and many are being martyred and thrown into prison and being persecuted for their faith. And yet, the church continues to grow. I want you to know, no matter what's thrown at us, I want you to know the church will continue to grow. Remember, our new mantra is we will grow smaller and stronger, so when this is over, the church will be larger than ever before. In fact, you need to know this. Most Iranians have become Christians in the last 20 years than in the previous 13 centuries put together since Islam came into Iran. I just want you to know, and you can look that up on opendoorsusa.com and uh, they'll tell you that whole story. This country in Iran is a modern day book of Acts and I'm believing we are gonna come become a modern day book of Acts as Christians. This is the nature of Christians who are full of faith that Jesus is building with, uh, building with those kind of folks an unstoppable church. Uh, look at these verses in Acts 8. When the church is persecu- under persecution, it started heating up on the Christians, and Stephen was one of their leaders. He was martyred for his faith. Here's what it says in verse 2 through 4. A great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem. And all the believers, except the apostles, were scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria. Some devout men came and buried uh, Stephen with a great mourning. But Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison. But look at this. But the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. So we may not be being beaten and thrown into prison like they were in the first century or like they are in Iran or in many Middle Eastern countries today, but we are facing some hard times. And the same Holy Spirit resilience that resided in them in the book of Acts resides in every one of us as Jesus followers today. I I hope you're getting excited at home because I'm getting excited just sitting here with a few people, all right? Now, when things get ugly, the church rises up with a spirit of faith. When things get desperate, the church expands. We don't quit. Remember, we are carriers of hope to our region, to our state, and our nation. 
which it desperately needs right now. Our faith in this good fight will not be moved by, by what we see or feel. We are moved by what we believe. That's why it's so important to stay in the word. In the book of Acts, the church rose up with faith and a new focus of what that really mattered. And that is what I want for our church. I want us in times like these that, that we understand priorities change and our faith gets greater and we believe for amazing things. So let me give three ways uh, this church became uh, unconventional and highly effective during extremely difficult days, all right? Here's the first thing you can write down. They became unconventional in their gatherings. Up until the ascension of Jesus and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the, the Jews uh, met in the synagogues and the disciples followed Jesus uh, everywhere he went in person. And they followed him not, not just by the hundreds, but the thousands. But something happens in Acts 2 that it sets a new precedent, a new practice, and it was born out of necessity as well as out of a strong desire to be with God's people. The believers began to meet together in their homes, and they shared their faith wherever they went. These believers had great, bold faith. Look at this verse in Acts uh, 2.42. In the New Living, it tells us this. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. Hopefully you're gathering today with at least your family and maybe a few friends, and hopefully you're having some food together. I know uh, we'll be having some food together. In Acts 20.20, it says this, I taught you in public and in your homes. Right now, today, we are teaching you in your homes. Not because I really want to, out of necessity, we are becoming innovative in, uh, in how we do church and communicate the word. Fortunately, our church community has been meeting in small groups since we started this church, and we have a strong network of people meeting in their homes, led by our amazing city group leaders. And even though people are now having to stay at home, we still have to have the ability to virtually gather together. Christians gathered in the temple courts in the book of Acts and from house to house, but when the temple courts were taken away, they gathered in their homes from house to house. So this week, uh, Lois and I and, and many others on our staff are being trained how to use Zoom so we can meet with our staff if we can't meet together in this building. Uh, we are also uh, training our leaders uh, to be invited to Zoom so we can meet with small groups, uh, with our, our small group leaders and all of our ministries so we can stay connected in vision, prayer, and encouragement. We will be giving out info uh, on live prayer that will be happening on Facebook Live in several places in this coming week and in the weeks to come. We will let you know when and where on our website so you can join in. And I'm hoping that maybe for the first time some of you have just said, you know what, I'm going to get involved in prayer. I may not come to corporate prayer, but I can pray from my home and I can work with other people and, and then we can connect and pray together. More prayer is better than less prayer. Uh, we will have some home worship with uh, prayer live. And we talked to Cameron and Jen and Garrison and Rachel, and we're open to let you know when and where on our website uh, this week where they'll gather and we can have some live worship and prayer together for about 30 minutes uh, in their home. 
they, they may think that's a surprise, but it's, it's not. All right. So how many know when you get together and pray and worship, miracles happen? That's what we want. Okay. Here's the second way the early church became highly effective uh, during difficult days. So they were innovative in their gatherings. And because of that, they became uh, houses of hope to their whole community. The second way they, can do it, they did it in difficult days was they were unconventional in their generosity. Acts 2 or Acts 4, 32 through 34 in the New Living says this, all the believers were united in heart and mind and they felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's great blessing was upon them all. Uh, There were no needy people among them because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. Now, let me just explain this. I've heard some theologians uh, misconstrue this verse to justify some sort of kingdom socialism, and these verses do not mean that or say that at all. This was not a government government or church mandate. This was a spirit of generosity led by the Holy Spirit. Nobody was demanding that they take from the rich and give it to the poor. They simply followed the leading of the Holy Spirit and it resulted in selfless living and it always does when you're being led by the Holy Spirit. The tendency for a lot of folks right now is to hunker down, to hoard, have an attitude of, I'm gonna do what's best for me, mine, and ours and forget the rest. And I mean... People are getting angry out there. There's stories of blows coming over the last rolls of toilet paper in the supermarket, but not in our church. Do you know why? We tithe on our toilet paper. (laughs) I'm just saying that was on Facebook this week. So if you need a roll, we'll make sure you get one. Come to the church. We'll give you at least two or three if you need them, all right? So folks are, uh, 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 many folks are hoarding and hunkering down and fighting over supplies uh, that comes from a, and I just want you to know that comes from a spirit of fear and selfishness, but we are not of that spirit. I believe our children will rise up in these days, show a, a supernatural generosity as we meet the needs of others and care for others. I believe that our church is set here for such a time as this. I want you to know while others have been fighting over food and supplies, many have been calling others and meeting their needs. Even right here at our church building, folks, came and made lunches for children and for some adults. We even took some to the homeless camp. So thank you for showing your kindness, love, and care to others, church. Uh, I just want you to continue to be innovative in all of these ways. Let me just give you a few ways that we can be generous this week. And maybe you can talk about this in your uh, small group this morning when when this message is over in a few minutes. But here's a few things we will continue to do. We will distribute food And reach out to those who are struggling financially in our church and help as best we can. We are starting a a shop and drop ministry this week. This is where you can call in and and especially seniors, but others that you can't get out and maybe you're stuck. Just call in your need. We'll shop it and we'll drop it off at your house. We will continue to give sack lunches this next week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday for sure. So sign up uh, to get your lunch and we'll make sure it is ready for you. Uh, Those lunches are distributed between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. We will be uh, continually looking for creative ways to live out uh, unconventional 
generosity in the days ahead. And can I just challenge you to do something simple yet powerful this week? I, I want you to find one or two neighbors and ask them two questions. Here they are. Number one, is there anything you need that we could possibly help you with? That's the church being the church. Number two, how can I pray for you and your family? You just don't want to uh, let that go. So this week, just to give you a, uh, an example of this, this week, uh, uh, Pastor Cameron and Mike Burgess were here. It was a beautiful day. And, you know, thank God the, the things that are open are necessities. So the things that are open are grocery stores, gas stations, and golf courses. So uh, I was able to take Cameron and uh, Mike up to, to do a little golfing. Maybe here's a video that you could just see how that worked out. Okay, folks, we're here with Cam the Man and Mr. Big, and uh, they are they are going to show us a little bit about golfing today. Now, some have said that they're not that good at it, but Cam the Man is getting ready to go right now. Line her up, Cam the Man. Okay. Seems like Babe Ruth yep. calling my shot. You got it, but usually he put his club out first. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and then I call my shot? Yeah, right, there you go. Okay. Okay, here we go, folks. Lord, help me. I hope he doesn't. Are my, are my legs right? Or yeah, not? oh, yeah, you're looking good. Right. You're looking good. Do I get a warm up swing? Sure, whatever you need. Feels a little tight. Okay, Cam the Man. Feels a little tight. Let her rip, man. Let her rip. If I let, if I let go. Okay, here we go. Are you ready? Watch this, folks. Oh, Lord. What in the world wow. happened? Everything. Wow. 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 The power swing. Yeah. Okay, I guess better pick up all those balls. We want the balls there. Okay, as you can see, I had a very good time with these guys. Uh, I didn't get a chance to show you Mr. Big, but uh, maybe next week. But Cameron, he's a guy that likes to golf with not just one ball. I think he had about 10 balls there that he sprayed around. But after that, we decided that golfing with those guys and hitting the ball like that was not a safe place to be. So we decided to do a little putting. So we went up to do some putting. As we're putting, uh, Mike... Uh, started talking to a, a friend that I've known for years. And as they were talking, uh, this guy began to share a need in his life. And as he did, Mike came over and got Cam and I and said, hey, would you guys like to pray for my friend? And so we uh, went over and I said to the guy, do you, do you, uh, do you mind if, if we touch? He said, no. And, and he just put his arms around us. We all gathered in a huddle and we prayed for the need of his daughter, being healed from cancer and as we did you could just feel the presence of God his ears his eyes filled up with tears and, and so did ours and I think what we, we all need to know that when you reach out to people and and uh, I, I know that you know some are against touching and fist bumping and hugging but I'm telling you, there needs to be a spirit of faith where it says lay hands on the sick and they shall recover you need to believe that after you get done praying for people Hand sanitizer and the Holy Spirit can do the job to make you clean, all right? And so I believe if we do step out in faith and begin to meet people's needs, the Holy Spirit will send his power and we'll have an Holy Spirit rush throughout our neighborhoods and cities and in this state and the nation. Remember, generosity and that spirit of caring for others uh, is God in motion. It's turning our homes into houses of help when others feel alone in the battle. Okay, the third way that we can become highly effective during these difficult days 
and you can write this down as this, unconventional faith. You, you could call it great faith or extraordinary faith or unexpected faith or unshakable faith. But it's the kind of faith that, that, that the very nature of faith is inside of you that rises up to any challenge that comes into your life. Faith doesn't draw back, it steps up. Faith doesn't succumb to fear, but thrives in the face of fear. Look at the church, uh, early church in Acts 11, verses 19 to 21. Meanwhile, the believers who had been scattered during the persecution after Stephen's death traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch of Syria. They preached the word of God, and then it says this, the power of the Lord was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. And I just want to say, I believe in these days that we're going to see that the power of the Lord is with every believer who steps up in faith. The scope of the problem that we are facing right now should determine the level of faith that you and I rise to. The enemies that are surrounding you personally must be met with a spirit of faith that is ready to take them on. I'm talking about enemies of fear and uncertainty, uh, unemployment, and anxiety. My personal experience is this, that in the greatest tests and trials of my life, my faith grew faster and stronger than ever. Years ago, when I lost my job and we had one last paycheck, we didn't have a church to attend. We were all alone. We were sitting at home. It was on a Sunday morning, and around 10 a.m., we had a knock on the door, and then another knock, and then another knock. And the next thing we knew, we were surrounded with about 15 believers who came to say, Pastor Doug and Lois, can we have church with you this morning? We don't know where to go. And we thought, you might not know where to go, so we're here with you. And they loved on us. They prayed with us. They even took an offering and gave it to us to help us pay our bills that morning. And, And our home became a house of healing for us. And as the believers gathered around us in faith for their future and our future, our future began to look great. Many of you are facing similar battles today, and I want you to know there's an army of leaders and believers at Harbor City Church that are standing with you this morning. Let's believe God for a great move of His Spirit this week in Grace Harbor, this state, our nation, and and through these difficult days, I believe God's going to use every one of us individually and our homes as well. And God is going to bring miracles like we've never seen before. God knows what we're going through. He knows what you're going through personally. And Jesus specifically told us not to worry about it, but seek first his kingdom and you'll take care of the rest. These are days to be kingdom people, to live faith-filled, unshakable uh, uh, lives as unconventional believers. Let me end by saying this. The church is not a building. The church is people full of the Holy Spirit and His power. So church, be the church this week. Let me pray for you. First of all, I always take a moment to just give an opportunity for anybody who doesn't know the Lord to give their life to Christ. And If you're watching this morning and you don't know Christ, Uh, or maybe at one time you did, but you're not sure if you died today, this is your time to give your life to Christ. And I would just say, maybe you might want to slip it up in that living room where you're at. 
or at least tell somebody after this prayer that you gave your life to Christ. So let's all pray this prayer together. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me so much that you gave your one and only Son, Jesus, to die in my place. I ask you, Jesus, to forgive me of all my sins, to forgive me of all my mistakes and all my failures. Come into my life and be my Savior, my Lord, my boss, and my Savior, I mean my, my King and my Lord. Lord, I ask you, Lord, to help me for the rest of my life to serve you by your power and by your grace. Now, if you prayed that prayer, I just want you to know you're born again, you're in the family of God, and God will help you in the days ahead. Let me pray for the rest of us this morning. Father, I just pray that we would be faith-filled, unconventional, out-of-the-box kind of Christians. I pray, Lord, that you just begin to help us in so many ways. I pray for the businesses in Grace Harbor, that, Lord, you will protect them and give them unconventional ideas as they try to fight through these times when it's looking like layoffs and all those kind of things and cash flow is tough. Be with our business people and give them great faith as they seek you to know what to do. Lord, we ask also for physical healing over this virus and over cancer and other life-threatening diseases. We ask you, Lord, to come and touch and use your church to see miraculous miracles happen in the area of healing. We ask you, Lord, for financial miracles. We ask you, Lord, that you would protect jobs. You will also help those who've lost their jobs to know that everything, every need that they have will be met from clothing to food to shelter to electrical, all of those kind of things. Let them know the church will be the church and give them great grace. We thank you for it. And then most of all, Lord, we pray you will use us this next week to help souls come to know you. May we be a light in the midst of this shaking. May, we, may our faith stand strong and may we see miracles like we've never seen before. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship together.